You're listening to Living a Vintage Life by Retro Chalet. Thanks for joining. Here's your host, Cindy Fanestock Schaefer. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining me on Living a Vintage Life. Today I want to talk about old books. Books is something that just makes my heart sing. Um, I wanted to really ask your opinion and see if you might think that books are getting harder to find. I'm talking vintage books, not new books. Um, this is from my observations, of course. When I go to a thrift store now, most of the book section has gotten a lot smaller. What I'm noticing is there are a lot of how-to books and art books and cookbooks and romance novels. Most of them are pretty much from 1990s to recent. Finding older books anymore in the thrift store is pretty much unheard of. When I also go to antique malls, they're scarcer and scarcer. And then if I'm going to rummage sales, they're even more scarce. 20 years ago, I saw stacks and boxes of books everywhere. Now, I think people are maybe recycling them or just throwing them away. So even though the internet is loaded with digital files of all types of books, and most books are digitized, whether you pay to read them or not, what happens to the old vintage books? I'm going to give you 10 reasons why you should find some vintage books and put them in your house. First of all, when I was a child, I had to carry a book bag to school full of books, textbooks. That thing must have been 20 pounds. Books were essential. We had a library, and on the study hall period, that's where I was. My favorite book back then was the Choose Your Own Adventure book. You would read the book and decide whether to pick A, B, or C. And then you would finish the story based on your choices, much like life today. Life is all about choices. And if we choose not to preserve these books, they will definitely be talking points of the past. So let's start. First, a few months ago, I bought a whole box of colored books, multicolored books, from a seller on Facebook Marketplace. She wanted $20 for the whole lot. The reason, she said, was that the books were damaged. They had been withdrawn out of one of the elementary school libraries near my home. The books were beautiful in color, all different colors. There was reds, oranges, purples, blues, teal, and top. Colors that I don't always see on books, but yet must have been a 100 books in all. So I did the math and I thought, well, I have to do something with these books. And that I did. Now... Old-time libraries would have dust jackets on their book, and cellophane would protect the dust jacket from being ripped by the students who were checking them out. They also had the little cards in the back, which you would basically write your name, and it would have the date due stamped in it. All of that was ripped out of the books, and all the dust jackets and covers were missing. Tape was all over the books. Basically, the tape that had been used to hold the dust jacket and the plastic sleeve on. Now, for a book connoisseur, they would have told me I was crazy paying $20 for a bunch of crazy, uh, fair condition to poor condition books. But I say otherwise. I have put these books into color combinations. I made a whole stack of blue books, and it looked absolutely stunning for my spring decor, my natural decor, and it goes great with seashells and beach displays. Then I decided to switch it up for the holidays. I did a red and green display in the home. It looked 
awesome. Then I did a rainbow display for the rest of the year. And finally, I pretty much kept that. I liked it so much. So a lot of people are getting into books for decor. If you're worried about damage to the covers or damage to the backs or a few missing pages or stained or soiled books, that's not going to matter when you're standing them up on display on your mantle or shelf. They look absolutely stunning and nine times out of ten, the typography will differ down each spine. The typography on the book will show the book title, the publisher, and the name of the person who wrote the book. This is amazing for me to have a rainbow display in my home with all types of different typography. It is very pleasing to the eye. I also noticed that a lot of people are shopping on Etsy for stacks of books in various colors. They're using them as photo props for people that take pictures of their babies all the time. These books look great in the background. So before you turn your nose up at vintage books, you may just want to try to find something on Facebook Marketplace or maybe a box lot on eBay of different color books that suit your fancy. Another really neat collectible to put in your home are vintage school books. I'm talking late 1800s, early 1900s. These books, these kids must have got off easy because these books generally are about three inches by six inches and maybe only a half inch thick. They're so light, I could pop one up and down in my hand and not even feel it when it lands. Most of them are more on the dry rot side. They've been sitting stored in people's homes or attics for years, only to be dished out and found, and eBay sellers are selling them left and right, and so are Etsy sellers. Some of the pages may be tattered or torn when you turn them, but it is the covers and the soiling on the covers that make them look so romantic. Basically, if you can look at a stack of vintage books that I'm putting on my Retro Chalet Instagram, you will love it. I picked up these old vintage school books for a song. So I bought a huge lot of them and I turned around and sold the ones I didn't want on Etsy and they flew out. The rest are simply decorations in my home. It is actually neat to read these books because the way they talked back then, totally different language that we're using today. So vintage school books are definitely something that you might want to scarf up on and use as displays in your home or in your child's room. Religious books are another cool collectible. No matter what religion you are, you might fall in love with a little tiny two or three inch by four inch small tiny missiles that were used to be made of mother of pearl looking plastic. They would actually have real metal crucifixes on the inside. These little missiles were held by people in the 20s and 30s when they went to church, and they were small enough to fit into a purse. Sometimes you can find them for 8 or $9, and they make gorgeous little displays on your jewelry table or near your jewelry box. The another thing you can do with old books if they're damaged, and I'm talking about novels that you might have read, and the covers are damaged or you spilled coffee on them. Take the covers off and strip them. Strip them down completely. You'd remove the covers and any kind of stuff that might be stuck to the spine. You want to expose the spine and the stitching and take the first few pages off the front of the book and the back of the book. These generally will be the blank pages that were used before your title page. 
I personally take off the title page and any kind of forward section as well. Now what you're left with is text on the front, text on the back, and no spine. Now you simply take some natural hemp twine and wrap it around as if you were going to wrap a bow. But instead of a bow, make a little small knot. Do this to four or five books and stack them up in your home, and it is a very cool display. In fact, there's a girl on Etsy who sells books just like that. What does she do with all the covers that she rips off? Simple. She sells those to people looking to make junk journals. So, you can always remove the cover and twine any old books you might like. Another cool display in the home is medical books. I can't say enough about these. I have friends visiting and they'll grab an old medical book that's sitting on my table. Some of the pictures, like the old-time 1800s lobotomy, might be a little gruesome, but it kind of makes me look like a smarty pants. Oh yes, that's the Dr. Root Medical Lighthouse. And let me tell you something, I've read it myself. So some of these old medical books will actually hold their value. They're harder and harder to find and they're very sought after by medical collectors and doctors alone who collect vintage doctoral books. So basically, if you have a medical book, you might be surprised at some of the pictures and illustrations and etchings that are in there. Law books are another book that you might want to consider collecting. My friend's dad had tons and tons of law books. The only way I can describe this is they must be the encyclopedias for lawyers. They're huge, they're heavy, they're thick, and nine times out of ten, a good set of law books is made of leather. Sometimes you can find a volume here or a volume there, and you look like a smarty pants when they're sitting on your table and your friends come over. Oh yes, that is the law book. In there is Wade versus Roe, in case you're wondering. <laughs> but really, it's a way to preserve something of the past. Of course, law books are still used to this day to look up law cases and different findings and rulings. So they might be pricey, but if you are lucky enough to find one or two, you may just fall in love with the leather covers. Botany books are another very collectible book. Botany books are anything to do with herbs or flowers. Now, I'm not talking modern-day gardening books with full-color, shiny pages and glossy pages. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking old botany books, books maybe from the 1800s to the 40s that might have uh, screen prints or not necessarily screen prints but etching of different botany plants. Many of these were done uh, in Latin but and it would talk about the Latin name of the plant and then explain the plant to you and what the plant was used for. These books generally sell for a lot of money but if you're lucky enough to find one in your travels Definitely want to display that in your home. It is actually a great read and can be helpful when you're looking for remedies or tinctures that you can still, to this day, make yourself. I have a collection of Icelandic books or Nordic books. These are the true Vikings that went to Iceland years and years ago and published tons of books. In fact, I read an article once about just how many people in Iceland are book authors. The interesting thing is the books are printed in their Icelandic Nordic language. Um, not necessarily Old Norse, but some of them are and some of them aren't. They're very difficult to try to read because you're not going to be able to unless you know these languages. But they're simply romantic to look at and a lot of them are smaller, 
possibly the same size as the old school books that I was telling you about earlier. I have a whole collection of them in my bedroom, and I'm simply in love with them. One of these days, I'm going to learn the old Norse that I need to read the ones that I have. Children's books are another book that I can't say enough about. Children's books had beautifully illustrated covers and adorable little characters on them. Basically, with the children's books, I have seen them used over the door or on a, on a shelf, standalone shelf, in a child's room. So the part that goes over the door in the older homes is almost like, I want to say, the trim sticks out so that you could actually put perhaps a book or an old record up there for decoration. And I've seen people do what I'm so in love with Raggedy Ann books. But besides that, the last type of book that I want to talk about are Latin books. Latin books are from the 1600s and 1700s, and basically you can still get these books today. On eBay, you may be lucky enough to score one of these 1600s or 1700 books for maybe $40. It might not be worth its weight in gold, per se, but it's going to be worth its weight in gold in your home. These books are stunning. A lot of times they have marbleized covers, and they're written in Latin. I remember when my mom was a kid, she told me stories that they taught her Latin in school. So growing up, she would talk in Latin to me, and I had no idea what she was saying. She told me that Latin was the root of our English language, and therefore I should understand some of it. But they took it out of my school growing up before I was able to learn it myself. Another book that you might be concerned about or might want to pick up in your travels, and they're hard to find, are French books. Any type of French books from children's learning books to older novels. Any type of book that's written in French is simply stunningly collectible. Not only is there a whole bunch of people that still to this day decorate their home in Parisian collectibles, Eiffel Tower, and Fru-Fru Poodles, but the books are becoming very hard to find. Many times you will have to buy a box lot from a seller in France in order to get a true authentic French book. Basically, if you are lucky to keep these books for time, from time, you shouldn't keep them in hot or humid conditions. The books will mold if they're left, say, in your summer cottage that gets damp. Or they will fall apart if you put them in an upstairs A-frame home that doesn't get any air condition. Over time, book pages can get brittle and they can actually crack when you're turning the page. This is probably why books are becoming extinct. The right conditions and the right person has to really take care of that book. Some of the most expensive books in the world? Well, they're going to be hard to find and you'll only see them at auctions. For instance, if you look up workandmoney.com, they have a great article on what books have sold for the highest prices in the world. There was something called a treatsy of fruit trees. It looked like it was made in M-D-C-C-L-V-I-I. So that's pretty long ago. It sold for $3.7 It looked like a Latin book, but I don't know if it was written in Latin. And who the heck wants to know about fruit trees? Somebody did, and they paid a high price. J.K. Rowling actually put a handwritten book that she made with a story in it. And basically, that sold for $3.98 million at a charity. Some of the more expensive books to find are the old vellum books. Vellum is actually like a parchment paper, but I hate to say it, but it's made from animals. 
calf or goat or sheep. Those books were prepared in a certain way, and instead of being a paper made into pages, it actually was consistent upon these skins. And these skins would then be hand written. These books would be handwritten and hand colored. A lot of times you'll see old Viking movies and you may see the old monasteries where the priests are actually painting and drawing the old religious books. Some of these books are definitely still out there today and probably collected by different collectors that have a lot of money to spend. But you never know what you may find in your travels. So keep one eye open and always respect old books. They were here before us, and maybe it's good for the trees that so many of them now aren't being made, but it's not good for vintage that one day books will be extinct without your help. Hey guys, this podcast is sponsored by Retro Chalet Etsy Shop. Live vintage get a little spook on in your life and live greener by reusing vintage items in your home. Thank you for listening to my podcast. I would really appreciate if you would give me a like on whatever platform you use to listen to or maybe leave me a good review so I can keep talking and sharing vintage information with all of you. Podcasting isn't free. It takes time and money to have a podcast. A lot of people don't realize that we have to pay for these sites and these hosts that are hosting our podcast and pay for mixing and mastering and microphones and the like. 